Hello and welcome to another episode of Interview with a Schizophrenic. Today, I have Aaron with me. He is in the United Kingdom in Birmingham. Um, So Aaron, how are you doing? Welcome to the show. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. It's an absolute pleasure, man. So I don't know too much about Aaron's backstory, so let's find out. So Aaron, why don't you tell me about how your mental health journey began? So it all began, I think, really with smoking a lot of weed, which I started when I was 16, 17. And then so I began to hear voices around the time I was uh, 17, 18. And it was just Mm -hmm. two female voices that would talk to me. And they'd sort of comment on my actions and say, I thought they had control over, you know, the um, recommended videos on YouTube. And so when I read them, it seemed like it was sort of, uh secret messages that they'd place for me and i would read through them and think i was reading the sort of story that they'd made but anyway so it it developed from that it got worse and worse until i was trying to i thought it was the neighbors because i had two young female neighbors and so i tried to sort of talk to them and communicate with them and it ended up with me getting sectioned which is uh involuntary admitted to hospital so I was uh, taken to hospital in um, uh, July 2019, and uh, I was there for three months. And initially, I was just diagnosed with psychosis. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I saw it'd be interesting for me to know what the hospital was like because I, I, I think one of my friends was in a ward last year. I had I visited him, and it was a lot different to when I was an award. So why don't you tell me about the hospital? Um, I think the hospital is very restrictive. I think the main qualm I have with it is that they don't allow you to smoke cigarettes, which leads mm-hmm. to sort of like a underground, everyone's smuggling cigarettes and paying extortionate prices for them. But in terms of the day-to-day, the staff are great and uh, th- there's quite a lot of liberty. So you're allowed to have your phones and stuff, which I think is great. I think overall it was a needed experience it wasn't very pleasurable but it was needed did it give you peace pardon did you were you able to relax in there and were you able to get back some of your sanity you know what i think my sanity only deteriorated the longer i was in there it, so other patients sort of fed my delusions and i sort of started to think that it was like a secret recruitment camp for the telepathic illuminati so it, it wasn't actually great for my sanity i think coming home did a lot more to help me get sane so how, how old are you what's your age i'm 18 i'm 19 next week but i'm 18 at the moment okay fine fine so yeah you're quite you're quite young. Are you a student? Uh, I'm going to be a student. I've joined university. I'm starting in September, so I'm quite excited about that. Okay, what, what are you going to study? Uh, business and business management. Okay, cool. Okay, so fine. So, yeah, I mean, I, I also, when I was younger, I also did smoke a lot of weed, and I think that was a factor in my psychosis as well. Um, it triggers it, doesn't it? It sort of triggers it early. Yeah, so THC is psychoactive. Mm. Um, and that's what that's what they say encourages psychosis, whereas the CBD 
is um, anti-axolotic, which is like anti-anxiety, and it sort of counterbalances the THC. Um, yeah, but, but with modern strains, they're just 90% THC. So yeah. you already get that benefit, do you? I think, I think the strain, the weed strains now, compared to what I smoked about 20 years ago, they're much stronger in THC. Um, yeah, they're up to Twenty twenty five percent. It's crazy. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. So why don't you tell me more about? So you you go you continue your story. You you went into hospital and then what happened? So I think initially I sort of I realised oh okay these weren't really my neighbours. You know, I'm just hearing voices, and uh, I think the main mistake I made is on the advice of one of the other patients who said that the medication was poison. I allowed that to get into my head and I decided to sort of put the medication under my tongue and spit it out, even though it was oral dispersible, but it still only gave a partial effect. And that, I think, led to my deterioration. So I, I started to develop a lot of delusions. So I was thinking that all the people in there had been given lines and they were all there for me. And it was like a big test. And I, I did things like kicked in the door to the... Uh, store cupboard because I thought I had one of the guys asked me to retrieve him some property from in there so I, th I thought yeah I need to do that it's like a task for me so I did a lot of sort of out there things but I didn't get into any fights there were lots of fights going on I think that's the big sort of criticism of it is it is a bit like prison you eat prison food and there's a lot of <laughs> fights going on yeah that's what I um so when I visited my uh, my friend um, last year, I, what I noticed was how much more secure it was compared to when I was in. Like there was like a locked front door and then a, a locked door for the ward and each patient's bedroom was securely locked. You know, it was a lot more, it looked a lot more like prison than when I when I was um, in hospital. Yeah, and so that's why, that's why I noticed. To get into your room, you have to ask the one of the nurses to unlock it and then lock it again. So you, you can actually, you, you and then you can unlock it from the inside, but if you close the door, it locks again. So they've got a sort of locking system with all the doors, but you are able to go and get your privacy, but you have to ask a nurse, which can be a process in of itself, because you have to knock on the office door and wait for one of them to be available, which can take 20 minutes, half an hour just to do simple things like get into your room so it is a really sort of it makes you patient you have to be patient to get by in there and obviously that aggravates a lot of patients so they'll be waiting for 20 minutes and then that gets them really angry and riled up and they're shouting and screaming and want to fight everyone so yeah i think some of the designs of the ward led to issues yeah so what is your diagnosis at the moment so initially it was psychosis but after i had a second episode then it was uh changed to schizophrenia okay fine so do you want to talk about your symptoms um so at the moment i still hear i still have delusions like i think th when i'm on, out on a walk i've got a dog when i'm walking the dog i think that people are out to attack me and uh, that because it, it stems from real life issues that I've had. I've been stabbed. I've been. I've had money put on my head. So I've I've gone through a lot of and that traumatic experiences. And that is 
genuine that's like the police came to my house to warn me and my family about it that's not just a delusion but I've, I've had a lot of real life stress which I think contributes to it as well and like a tipping point into psychosis and uh, it's sort of the psychosis manifests itself around that so I have delusions that people are going to attack me because I've been walking and people have just attacked me out of nowhere okay fine I mean because you know I think um I've talked about this before. I think, I think statistically, it's always like one in a hundred people get schizophrenia. So, right. so you know, I think the, the trauma and the weed smoking, it's like uh, it doesn't help. But I don't think those two factors alone would make you have schizophrenia. But they would, they would perhaps encourage it if you were already predisposed. Do you know what I mean? It would be yeah, like it's uh, developed earlier. It's like, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so you had, so your delusions were persecutory delusions that you thought people were going to harm you. Exactly. Yeah. I also had delusions of grandeur, thinking that I was going to be able to, that I was going to join some secret Illuminati group that was telepathic, and that that would allow me to sort of run the world in a way, and that all the ads on TV were sort of about me and my like journey to join them and like other parts other facets of their organization so i was really out there but i've I've recovered off those with the help of the medication i'm on a paraperidone injection which is or depot they call it which is once a month and uh it really helps and sort of deal with the symptoms and delusions but it, it does have some side effects so uh my hands get sort of shaky and uh, my arms get contorted upwards and it, it gives you a, a terrible sort of brain fog where you think you can't really think clearly which uh, is not preferable it's not ideal but it's preferable to having schizophrenia badly i guess how do your um, friends and family react to the, all of this all oh, right so with my friends, I put some crazy stuff on my Instagram story when I was in hospital, sort of talking about the devil and uh, how it was a Holocaust camp. And so a lot of people that I was sort of acquaintances with, they've distanced themselves from me, but my close friends sort of just, they, they've they've uh, they've been yeah. along with me for the journey. Yeah. You know, I think that's right. I think, um like on Facebook, I'll post some pretty crazy stuff and I will lose yeah. friends on my, but there's always my close friends. They, they just don't seem to bother mind about it. I, yeah, Duncan's whatever. He's just a bit, he does that. Do you know what I mean? I think, yeah, yeah. I think most of them are kind of okay, but it is, it is still difficult to talk about. I think, you know, I mean, it's very stigmatized. Have you experienced any stigma or discrimination? Um, well, I think for a while when I got out of hospital, I was trying to get a job and I put on my CV that I had psychosis and I didn't get any interviews until I took that off my CV. So I think yeah. there is a lot of just innate discrimination against people with uh, psychosis and schizophrenia that they don't want to employ them uh, because they see it as a risk. So. As soon as I took that off my CV, I got a job working in a warehouse. But before that, 
know it was going nowhere. So I think there is a lot of sort of societal discrimination against it, especially in the working world. But like, uh, yeah, especially in the working world. But so what are, what are your plans for the future? You want to get your degree and then what do you want to do? Eventually, I'd like to start my own business. I was uh, sort of involved with a small startup before that was doing Bitcoin trading, and that was really successful. And I made a lot of money doing that, and it sort of given me a taste for what it's like, and I really love it. So I think one day I want to start my own business after my business degree. Yeah, because I think um, you know, I think working does is helps a lot because. Um, you know, if you're on, um, if you're not working, you've got to claim disability benefits. It can be quite um, stressful because you're you've always got to get reassessed, and you don't have much money, and it can be quite a stressful experience. Whereas just going through it and just you know giving giving life the best shot and you know, earning money is is definitely worth it. You know, so yeah. It can be hard. I think I did notice some challenges whilst I was working in the warehouse. So I, I, I got called crazy by a couple of people. And uh, like sometimes when I was walking down the hall, because it was a big sort of building, when I was walking around, I would sort of feel like an impending doom sensation and get really worried. But uh, it didn't impact me too much. I was able to get on with my job. But it, it's definitely a part of working with schizophrenia. You do have to sort of deal with the uh, the the symptoms whilst you're working which can be an extra challenge but it's, it's definitely overcomable if you put your mind to it yeah so tell me um you told me about your delusions do you have hallucinations as well i've only had one hallucination in my life where i sort of i was looking at my floor and i saw a spider come out of the floor and walk around for a bit and it, then it sort of sunk back into the floor. But I've only had that one visual hallucination. So I was, yeah. hopefully it doesn't get worse regarding that. But delusions, I mean, I think I'll expect, so especially when I was in hospital is when I had the most delusions. And yeah. I used to sort of think that everyone, every other patient in there was completely sane and that they were in there to test me and yeah. challenge me. So, uh, I would try and sort of take take the piss out of them or go along with their tests and thought they gave me tasks to complete. How did you get out of that delusion? What did you have to do? Just get out of hospital, really. It didn't, it didn't leave me for the whole time I was in hospital. I think it only left me once I was out of hospital and I started to sort of assess reality a bit more like, okay, nothing has happened. I haven't joined a secret Illuminati, so maybe that wasn't true that wasn't the case it's kind of like when you go back to a safe environment like your home where you've grown up you know think objects and people they bring you back to who you really are do you know mm. do you know what i mean so i think that yeah. that comfort that safety can can really help i mean to tell me um how how do you feel about what people think about schizophrenia what you know this image it's got a bad image there's a sort of an image that people who have it are violent and that they want to attack people or they're crazy and you have to stay away from them but i think we're just normal people who have got 
there's some issues that we have to deal with, but I, I, I don't think I, I don't I don't think that it's represented in media very well. Apart from in some TV shows, like uh, there was one Maniac that, that is, it's, it's, it represents it really well, and sort of it, I think there's a scene where he goes up to someone whose his uh, voices have said that uh, this is going to be your like leader or something to save the world, and then they go along with the delusion, and then it's and then it's sort of brought back to reality. And I thought I really related to that scene. It sort of exemplifies going through delusions and then coming back to reality, but. Uh, other shows like Shutter Island, sort of. Yeah. Have you seen that? I've seen that as well. Yeah, I think it's it's a good film. Like it's a, it's an interesting film, but it doesn't really represent schizophrenia. It sort of shows them as violent, manic people who want to blow up cars and stuff, and just can't be reasoned with. And I, but I, I, but I think I think in Shutter Island, the whole thing was that he was in psychosis the whole time. Mm. I'm not. I'm, it's difficult to understand what exactly did they trick him at the end, or was he in psychosis? I, I don't really know. You know, so it's difficult to work out. It is. It's a good film, but I, I don't. Yeah. I think it does represent them so sort of schizophrenia as being violent because there's a lot of sort of violence that goes on. He's attacking people, and uh, he's uh, he blows up a car, and that's sort of a plot point that the guy's like, "You blew up my car." I, I'm really angry about that, but it, it is quite. You a good know, film. you know, but I. I yeah, it's a good. It's, I, I enjoyed it, but you, you know, um, like schizo people with schizophrenia are more likely to be victims of violence than be the perpetrators of violence. You know that that's statistically that's statistically fact because people with schizophrenia are more vulnerable. You know, they they often they need someone to to guide them on everyday life. You know, yeah. so and 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 in the media, it's all about. Oh yeah, some some guy, you know, killed his wife and the dog, and he has a diagnosis of paranoid schizophrenia, and and that's all you hear, like on on in the, in the news. You never hear, you know, these just normal people. It's just a health condition, and you know, there's a lot of suffering that goes on, and there's a lot of pressure, and we just want to live a normal life without, you know, being stigmatized. You know. Yeah. I, I relate to that so much. I think I didn't even touch on that, but the media portrayal of schizophrenia is negative, very, very negative. And you, you do only hear about bad incidents. Like I had one time the police were talking to me about it and he was sort of going on about how this guy just down the road killed his family and then got put, got arrested for murder and then put in an asylum. But there's like, you only hear the bad side, but I, I think at the same time it is important to realise that there is sort of a very dark side of psychosis if it all goes wrong and it can be completely destructive, but someone who's living with schizophrenia and dealing with the, the delusions and stuff isn't the same as someone who's in complete mania and psychosis, and I think it's important to recognise the difference between that. I mean, I think, you know, I think... Um you know schizophrenia is a lifelong illness so you know i do really hope that you know maybe you'll get to your your uh, early 20s and your symptoms will subside you know i really hope that's the case because, I hope you know, so because too. yeah i mean it's different I, I i'm not a doctor so i don't know but 
I mean, for me, I first became ill when I was about, well, I was in hospital when I was about 24. Um, and I'm 45 now, so I'm still psych- going through psychosis. But I don't know. We've got, we got to um, just hope for the best, really. So tell me, what, what um, when you're at home, what do you like to do to calm your mind, to, to give you peace? What, what do you like to do at home? For like the coping uh, strategies, I think in terms of coping strategies, reading is really useful. I've got into books a lot, so mm-hmm. if I'm hearing voices, or if if, if I had, feel like I don't have control over my internal monologue, then reading a yeah. book helps to sort of get control of back over it, and I can sort of it helps bring peace, and it's a really good coping strategy. And I think listening to music as well I, listen, I spend a lot of the day just relaxing listening to music i think that is a great coping strategy for sort of uh relaxing and allowing you sort of a bit of sanity to come back into the equation aaron can i ask you is there anything which i haven't asked you that you would like to say on this platform um i think uh the main thing is if if you are a friend of someone with who's going through schizophrenia at the moment just try your best to support them in any way you can because it's it's easy it's hard losing friends when you go through schizophrenia and just being there to support them is better than just uh, cutting them off if you if you care about them then do your best even if they seem delusional just go along with the delusions and talk to them and try and connect with them on an emotional level and talk about something saying that they enjoy maybe a tv show or something because you can still they're still human i think that's important to recognize i think that's so important and and to support someone you don't have to do anything special or you, or you just need it's just to be there you know or just to listen to what what i gotta say you don't have to do have any particular skills or anything um, to, to support somebody. Okay, Aaron, I think we can wrap it up here. What I wanted, what I usually do is play some music. What sort of music do you like? Oh, I like grime. Do you know what song is? There's a song. Uh, um, my, my mind's playing tricks on me. I think that's a great. Yeah, song. I can't. I can't. Oh, yeah. I, I I play royalty free music, but um, oh right, yeah. Maybe I'll probably play some some hip hop. I know it's not grime, but uh, okay. That's anyway, it's, it's it's fantastic to speak with you. Really great pleasure. You know, I think you're you're very candid, candid, and I think I can I can sense that you're a brave young man. You know, you're you want you want to you want to be as honest as possible, and you know, talk about your experiences. And I think you know, um, absolute pleasure to speak with you. Likewise, yeah, it was great speaking with you. Yeah, that's great. All right.